Take your Bibles. Go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I, I just... I am stoked, y'all. I'm, I'm full. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to try to stand here. Y'all pray for me, would you? Because if you poke me, I'm going to pop. I have just, I, I've just, I'm filled with the word today. And uh, I just, I'm excited about what's going to happen. Today, for a lot of people, this service, this message is going to mark a defining moment for you. It's going to be a place to where I, I believe that you and I will be able to look back and say, you know what, something changed there. Something happened that it, that it altered the direction I was going. And it all has to do with you making a decision. This is, um, this is now the eighth week. We started the first Sunday of the year. And you know, we did that because I, I felt like the Lord gave me a new series. And most people at the beginning of the year are thinking about New Year's, new year's uh, resolutions, right? Uh, I, need, I need to lose weight. I need to get healthy. I need to get my finances in order. I need to get my life organized. I mean, all the different things that people point at it, I need to change. And yet statistics say that within 21 days, the average person has broken their resolution. And so therefore, there was really nothing to, it was just a wish or a, a, a good intention, but it really never amounted to anything. And so I believe the Lord gave us a strategy on how to make a change, but then sustain that change. And beloved, I, I want to stand before you and say this. This is, this is as honest as I can be. I've, I'm looking back now because this wraps up this series. And y'all pray for me on the next series. I'm, 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 I'm between two. Um, and both of them are good. I'll give you a little heads up. One is talking about how distress will enlarge your life, that adversity will make you better, but you just got to know how to get through it. One. The other is I'm entitling Dream Again, how to revisit the dream God has for you and how it will, it will change everything. So will you pray for me? that I Because that I, I got to come up with it for, you know, next Sunday. But I want to stand before you and say, I, I've looked back at this message. And I said, God, this message has been more, more for me probably than anybody in this room that I've realized that as I've allowed him to come in, he's taken the spotlight and he's shining on areas of my life and he says, Bill, there's a place there that's, uh, that's undone. There's a place there that's, that's, that's not finished. And, and you'll remember when I was on earth, I was a carpenter. 
And I want to go in and I want to build something in you that nobody else can build. But you have got to let me into that room. You've got to let me build that house. Otherwise, anything you build is in vain. And so, I want to start this message today by asking you to be ready for the end. Today, this is going to sound crazy now. Get ready. Today, at the end of this message, I'm going to give an altar call. So where's that in the Bible? It's, it's not necessarily, it's more of a, altar calls are more of a cultural thing for us. But nevertheless, there's a reason for it. Beloved, when you are confronted with the truth, when you're confronted with the word of God, does it not demand that you make a decision? That you look at it and discern it and say, if that's right, then I need to line up with it. So at the end of this message, I'm actually kind of practicing the message here a little bit. At the end of this message, I want you to be ready because whenever you seek to change, you always begin with the end in mind. You always know what's the finished product going to look like. And so today, at the end of this message, I want you to know the first person that's going to respond to this, to this altar call is holding the microphone. Because I realize that if I do not change, I cannot be the pastor that you need for me to be. If I remain the same, then I will not reach the potential that God has put inside of me. I believe that you need to see your pastor, and if you've walked with me for years, you need to see, you know, I I have seen him grow. I have seen him become uh, more deeper in the thing. I've seen him become more in love with God. He's more passionate. That you ought to be be able to trace it and set a measure and say, our pastor is growing. And I want you to grow with me. And I can't take you where I'm not willing to go. But if I go there and God has set me as a messenger, he says, I've called you to the ministry, then I'm going to encourage you. I can't make anybody follow me. And by the way, God doesn't do that anyway. He gives us the power to choose. Amen? All right, so I know you're there in 1 Kings. Let's, let's do a quick um, rewind because we need to get up to where we are. And um, this, this really helps us to understand where we've come from to where up to this message today. All right, we said the first one, the first message was uh, when choosing to change, begin with the end of mind. Why? Because God did. Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the thoughts that I think for you, think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts to give you an expected end. Do you hear that? Say amen if you hear it. Amen. Secondly, when choosing to change, you've got to, you, you need to grow with change. Remember, we did this right after Christmas, and most people on, on, on um, December 25th talked about the little baby born in the manger. But understand, on mid-January, the baby was still there. We forgot about the little baby, but with Mary, he was growing. And the Bible says he grew in stature and in wisdom, and he grew in, in favor um, with God and with man. So Jesus was growing physically, but God said in his son, even God, when he came into the flesh, he could have given himself the bypass. He could have given himself the card, the access that, okay, you don't have to learn anything because you're God, you know it all. He said, even my son, I'm going to show you that you need to grow 
with change. And what did we say about that? You can change without growing, but you cannot grow without changing. So you need to grow with change. Next, we said you're changing. And that's where Paul says, this is our verse that we use as our key verse. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. Then we said there was one tree, there were two trees, but there was one choice, something I'm really excited about. I've been watching my wife ever since I preached that message, and I'll come over here during her devotions, and she's been making two lists now for two weeks of whatever comes under the tree of knowledge and whatever comes under the tree of, um, of life. And that you can go through the entire Bible and see God has set the, a, a contrast and he tells you to choose which tree you're going to feed from, which we said the other part was which tree are you feeding from? We said that the serpent corrupts the mind and tries to corrupt us from our simplicity of devotion to Christ. And then last week we talked about the change agent, lessons from the potter's house. And the word there said that the clay was marred in the potter's hands, so he made it again into another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. So notice there that he didn't throw the clay away that was marred in his hand, but he remade it again. So what does that mean? If you arrive in his hand and you put your life in his hands and he sees that it's marred, you need to hear this, child of God, that he doesn't throw you out. Amen. He doesn't discard you. He doesn't disown you. You are his child. He bought into you when he died on the cross. He looked down through the eons of time and he knew that you had faults. He knew that you had flaws. Don't make me preach up here. He, he knew that there were issues that were yet to be dealt with and he knew that you were gonna need to change, but it says that he didn't throw it out. It said he made it another vessel. So he's working on you right now. Somebody say he's working on me. Amen. So here we go. First Kings, First Kings chapter 18, verse 21. Now let me, I really love the way the complete Jewish translation, complete Jewish Bible translates this. 1821. There are so many good. I was like, okay, I like that translation, but oh, this one's oh, that one's good. So I just had to pick it. Listen to the way, and let me, let me get, before I read verse 21, let's get the background. You know what it is? All right. There's like this major showdown between the prophets of Baal, between the pagans in the culture, in the world, and between the prophet of God and between the, uh, the children of God. Now, get the picture. Here's the children of God standing on one side, and here's Elijah. And he's, and he's standing up. What are you talking about? Somebody's bold. That, and then you got the prophets of Baal saying, you know, we've got the answer. We've got the power. We've really got the thing that's going to make the difference in the world today, in that day. Now, they're up on Mount Carmel. I've been there when I toured Israel uh, in 1999. It's, it's, it's this place that's got a lookout. It's, it's got perspective to where you can see. You can actually see Megiddo from there. You, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful place. Now get this picture. He challenges the prophets of Baal. And he says, okay, he says, uh, you make an altar and call upon your God and who, whichever God 
answers from heaven with fire, he is God. Come on now. That, you, that's bold. I like that prophet, prophet Elijah's bold, man. And he says, all right, it's going to be a smackdown. It's going to be a scrap right up here on Carmel. And he says, all right. And it says that the prophets of El, they, they, they made the little altar and they, they, they jumped around and they did their little chanting and they and even said they got so passionate they started cutting themselves and crying unto their, their false god of Baal. And then Elijah, after they had pretty much wove themselves out, Elijah steps up and he says, build the altar. And he said, not only build it and put the sacrifice, he said, but pour, dig a trench around, around it and pour water on it. In other words, in case you're wondering, there's some dry kindling here. In case you're wondering, I got a little something I'm trying to trick you. He said, I'm gonna make it absolutely sure that you know that when my God answers, you're gonna know it was him. I love Elijah. Woo! We need some more Elijahs today. As bold as lions. And saying, we're going to take you on, devil. We're not afraid of your false gods. Now, do you know what happened? He called, and if you read it, go back. Uh, He prayed in the Hebrew a 69-word prayer. He didn't have to cut himself. He didn't have to go jump around like, like some maniac because he said to the people, he said, the, the God before whom I stand will answer. He's standing before the Lord God of Israel and he stands and he prays in Hebrew a 69-word prayer, which means it doesn't take a real long prayer to get God to answer. In fact, what you take from this is because he walked with God and talked with God in private all the time. He didn't need to pray a long public prayer because all he had to do is say, God, what we talked about, do it. And it said that God went, consumed the altar, consumed the wood, consumed the and even drank up. It licked up all the water in the trenches. Now, Dave, you got it? And then Elijah, now notice, in this he is not addressing the prophets of Baal. Guess who he's talking to? The Israelites who just saw what God has done. And look at what he says in verse 21. He's talking to the people of God and he says, how long are you going to jump back and forth between two positions? Whoa. Come on, somebody. The NIV says, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Beloved, I believe that this message is specifically for somebody today that you're, you, you're, not, you're straddling the fence. You got one foot in the world and you got one foot in the church. And the truth is, is that you're not happy in either because you, you're double-minded. This message is for everybody here because what I mean is that for for me, I'm seeing some places, Lord, I need to change. And so I just need to make up my mind. See, if you don't make up your mind, your unmade up mind is going to be your unmaking. And we got, you see, this this interesting word here, the King James uses the word, it says, how long will you halt? 
How long will you halt? The word is pasak, the Hebrew. It means, listen now, it means to waver. It means to falter. It means to hop. See, a lot of people, they're hopping around in their head. It means to skip over, to hesitate, to vacillate. It means to hold one or more position at one time. It means literally in the, in the, in the, the, the sense of thinking, it means to bounce back and forth. So get the picture. What he's saying to the people of God is, how you did you see what your God just did? Now I'm looking to the people of God and saying, how long is your brain going to be a ping pong? How long are you going to bounce back and forth between the world and you say, well, Bill, we're not, we're not serving Baal. We're not serving some pagan God. Listen, if you're serving yourself, you've become an idol unto your God. And he's saying, you've got to choose between what you're thinking and what I have thought for you. You've got to make up your mind so that when you make up your mind, I'm going to remake you. And I'm going to make you something better than you ever were before. So, And the next word there is how long shall, uh, will you jump back and forth between two positions or opinions. The, the word opinion means to divide up, to set a division or to operate uh, by opinions or beliefs. It means to divide, to divide. So think about this. What, what did Jesus say? A house divided against itself cannot stand, amen? Well, that's what he said. And beloved, this message, this series, and this is, this is putting a bow on it today. This is, this is putting a wrap on it. I, 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 we hit the rebind button. Now let's, let's fast forward. What are you going to be? What kind of person will you be tomorrow in 20 years? You see, the secret to your future is hidden in your daily routine. You see, what you're doing, what you're deciding now is literally setting your future. And so that's why the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. It says, today if you hear, your, hear his voice, do not harden your heart. It's so important, beloved, listen to the pastor today. It's so important for you not to run the red lights that God is putting in your life. It's, it's so important when he says, I need for you to make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve yourself or are you going to serve the God of Israel? He says, how long will you vacillate, child? He's not talking to the to the to the uh, the lost person, the, the the Satanist or the the Muslim or the Buddhist. They've already made up my mind. I, I, I took this through the scriptures. I mean, over and over, this compare and contrast. He said, "I would rather watch this now." He says, "I would rather you be cold, watch, or hot." You see that? What is he saying? He's saying you need to make up your mind. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you. He says, I, he says, I counsel you today to choose blessing in life and if not, you're gonna choose curse and death. Do you see that? You can take that through the word of God, what my wife's doing. You can, and go all through. God has put a contrast between you and who you are and him and who he is. And he says, and he loves that. He's, hey, do you know what the first act of creation was? I'm trying to stay up here and, 
help me, Lord. What was the first act of creation? Anybody remember? And the Lord God said, let there be. You hear that? Now, do you know what the next thing he did was? They said, and he took the darkness and he separated it from the light. The first act, God is saying, I need for you to be able to discern what's before you. What was the, we go down through. Now we go to the garden. Now, what did it say about the trees? Remember that? It said there were trees in the garden. He said, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where in the center, somebody say the center. And then it also said in the midst or in the center of the garden was the tree of life. Do you see that both trees were in the middle? Child of God, you got to hear me today. One of those two trees are going to be in the center of your life. That's why he put it there. And then he said, Adam, of all of them you can choose, but one of them don't. Mark my word, because there's death in that tree. It's not God killed him. It's not God said, I'm going to get you if you get that tree. No, God says, I know the serpent has put his poison in that fruit. And the moment you bite into it, the poison, the toxins that's in that fruit will, will cause you to die. And he says, now, Adam, you choose. Well, we know what happened, but you understand God still had a plan. And he knew that Jesus would become, (laughs) I'm ahead of myself, but please forgive me. But think about this. He put the tree in the garden and then one man fell, said that he blocked it off and said, lest they get back to the tree to eat of it in their fallen state. And you don't see the tree again until when? Revelation 22. The end of the book, y'all, It's there in the city of God. It's there in heaven. And it's there before the throne of God. See it? It's it's literally there. It's not figuratively. It's not, well, that's just uh, an idea. No, it is actually physically there. The tree of life, the same one that was in the garden. And it says that those who do his commandments, those who have followed him and overcome and get there, they're given right to eat from the tree of life. But watch this. Oh, this is so good. I can't wait to hear myself say it. Notice that it was the tree that gave life that was in the garden and it reappears again. And what was the difference that could get us from that tree to this one? And Ready? It's because somebody hung on a tree. And in hanging on that tree, he who knew no sin, come on somebody, became sin that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ I'm wanting to step off here but Lord hold me back and he, he said when he hung there that all the curses that were intended on you went on him and now all the blessings of God are yes and amen in him and so the one who hung on the tree and became a cross it became the cross did a tree of life can I get a witness up in here I'm going to get happy right up in front of you Deanna says, honey, I get concerned because you turn three shades of purple. That vein on the side of your neck starts sticking. I can't help it. I, I love the word. And I love him. How about you? Help me, Lord. So my message, we've got to resolve the difference. We've got to resolve the difference from where we are to where you're called to be. You've got to make the transition. You see, that's why he gives contrast. That's why he gives us Jesus. You see, even just that, 
You see, Jesus, what I've learned is that there is a God and I am not. Oh, come on now. There is a God and I am not. You better make up your mind who's in charge. Uh, Jesus is a great savior and I'm a great sinner. I needed somebody to save me. I've learned about him. He's holy. And I'm not holy. At least in practical, by faith, I'm holy. I've learned that, ready, he's the potter. And I'm the clay. I've learned that there's a contrast of, no, I know where I've been, but I'm not sure where I'm going to end up because I don't live in tomorrow yet. But I've got one who's living inside of me that's already living in tomorrow. And he knows my tomorrow, but I only know my yesterday. And there's a big difference between the, how many of you, you're not what you used to be? Can I see your hand? (laughs) If you are not raising your hand, you better be the second person to this altar. How many of you, you you know, I, I just really, some of you who've been saved since you were kids, man, are you kidding me? I just wish I could, that's one thing if I could change. I'd go back and do it. How many of you get, can I get a witness? If I could say, okay, I was 20 years of age when I finally figured it out, okay? Okay, okay I need Jesus because I'm looking at my life right now and it's a mess. I'm just talking about me now and it's a wreck. And I came to him and said, oh, Lord, look at my life. I've made a mess of it and I don't know if you can take messes, Lord. I don't know if you can take all these shattered pieces of this, but Lord, 20 years of age, here you go, there it is, take it. And uh, he says, good. He said, that's why I hung on the tree. So I can put those pieces back together, but you see, I can't put it back together unless you put it in my hand. We've got to resolve the difference between where we are and where we're called to be just for the sake of of making sure that we understand what we're talking about today. The word resolve, I decided to to put it up, uh, to define it from Webster's Dictionary. It says, uh, it means resolve does to break up or separate, to be able to distinguish between, to to make independently visible, resolve, to make clear or understandable, to successfully choose between Opinions, options, or positions. All right? So, um, I think, it, who was it? Um, um, Yogi Bear said, if you don't make up your, your mind where you're going, you might end up somewhere else. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's good. I don't care who you are. Some of y'all need to laugh in church. You hadn't laughed in church in a long time. You're about to pop. Mm. So it's about understanding where where we're going. That word resolve, it means to unravel. It means to fix. It means to to unriddle. Now, I got a couple illustrations. Anybody guess what that is? Can you guess what's behind there? If you do, I'll give you a quarter. Except for my wife or my cheering, I think they know what it is. Uh, Oh, it's coming off. 
Okay, was it there? That's, that's for at the end. All right. Y'all see this? Come on up here, honey. Help the little preacher out. Take one side there. All right, let's say picture's worth a thousand words. If you don't remember anything that I said today, at least, hopefully, I'm praying the Holy Spirit will remind you of this. Now, <laughs> now, um, I know what some of y'all were thinking. It's like, all right, they're going to find. There's going to be a hanging in church today. That's 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 what the world's he got a rope up there for. All right, no. I want you to take a real good look at it because this represents our lives. Now, um, how often have I said when somebody came in and said, I'm in a lot of trouble, Pastor. I'm in a a heap of trouble. I'm all bound up, Pastor. Pastor. How many times have I had couples sit across from my desk and say, our marriage is in trouble, Pastor? How many times have I had somebody say, you know, the doctor told me something and I'm all bound up? Or the counselor told me I've, I've got some kind of syndrome or ism or something. And I've had some people sit and they, and they say, Pastor, especially married couples, you know, and and how long have y'all been having this trouble? Oh, about 47 years. And here's, now look at at this. Here's what they do. And they pay Pastor Bill, and we came to you to fix it. And I'm looking at going, it took 47 years to get this knot in your life. And now you're expecting me in one counseling session to undo it all. God help me. No, God help you. All right, do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So, now notice this. How did this get in this condition? Huh? How did it get, how did it get here? Follow, follow, what's our message? Choices that bring change. Every loop represents a choice that was made. Every choice that you make is either setting you in further bondage or is setting you free. You make up your mind which way to go. If you go your way, you're going to be bound up. If you go his way, you're going to like how to choose it. In fact, Joshua said, you choose this day whom you'll serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You all right over there? Elijah said, how long are you going to waver? How long are you going to bounce back? How long are you going to do the jump, the jump rope? Look at this. Jesus said this, whatever things you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever things you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Friends, God wants us to untangle the mess in our lives, but the only problem is we can't do it ourselves. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Thank you, all four of you. But yet Paul says, I can do... Thank you, all 16 of you. I can do what? 
So is there anything God can't do? The only thing that he can't do is if you don't choose to let him do it. Now, he can do all things, my, my Lord. All right, so y'all get the picture now? If you got the, got the picture, say amen. And by the way, since the wife is holding it, sometimes if you're, if you're going the other way, those, those knots get a lot tighter. Can I get a witness, anybody out there? But when you come together, you can start taking, and, both, and they're tight because I made sure they were tight. And Jesus, <laughs> Bible talks about being unequally yoked. That's why a lot of marriages and families are in trouble because they're all knotted up because they're not walking in, under the same yoke. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's all about Jesus, y'all. If you want to break it down for me, brother, it's all about Jesus. It's all about whose yoke. Otherwise, you're going, to be, you're going to be all tied up. We're going to be all bound up. Could y'all give Vanna White a good hand for helping me this morning? Vanna White. I'll buy a vowel, Pat. Y'all remember this from last week, this graphic? Your thoughts are what's killing you. Well, see, God's got to get in your head. You've got to make up your mind. Uh, April 8th, now let's see, you're, he, he, Charlie is like two months older in the Lord than I am. We were both born again in 1980, right? In just a few months, I'm going to be 34, y'all. And though the outward man perisheth, the inward man is being renewed day by day. But how many know and see, you didn't know me then. My goodness, if you would have, you said, that boy's come a long way from when he first gave his heart to the Lord. Can they say that about you? See, that, that it creates, when he gets in our life, it creates a contrast. You are, we're not the same people you used to be. And, 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 and 34 years later, I'm still going in the same direction. But at some point, you see, he was, he was calling me. How about you? I, I'm convinced he, no matter where I was, he was at, why? Because I had a praying mama and a praying sister. And he was after me, the hound of heaven. There was not any place I could go that he wasn't standing there kind of with his arm folded and looking me down saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I see. Are you done with that yet? Because if you're done with it and you'll give it to me, I can take it and I can make it something better. You see what you're doing with it? It's not working out real well for you, is it, Bill? No, Lord, it's not. And the word is same for us today. That was, yes, okay, Bill, you needed to get saved. You were, as my mom would say, you were a heathen. You, I mean, excuse me, a heathen. <laughs> I was a heathen. And then I gave my, and then it made all the, but see, at some point I had to make up my mind because I realized it was my stinking thinking. I needed to check up from the neck up. Come on, somebody. And then we talked about the potter and the clay. You got to give your put your life in the potter's hands so that he can begin to remake it into another vessel, something that's going to be pleasing to him. So here's what that is all about, folks. We've got to allow our lives to be put into the potter's hands. Let me tell you what my assignment is here, and I want you to get ready because I'm, I'm getting ready to call us forward. And by the way, worship team, Whoever picked out the songs again, way to go. Second song, 
did you know, notice that it had the word uh, resolve in it? And I'm like, uh, you know, there you go. All right? See, you have got to resolve. You and I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this, uh, I feel like I should just lay the microphone down and say, Lord, would you send an angel down and preach this? Because every word I'm saying, it's like I'm, I might as well put a mirror right here and just said, now, Bill, now listen. So we have got a difference from where we're called to be to who we are now. And what I do know, God sets a contrast so he can look and you, he can show you, all right, where you, not, where you are is not where you're going to be. And what you look like now is not what you're going to look like. And I've got a hand. I began a good work in you. I will bring it forth to completion against that day. And so he's working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do you hear the word coming out of the little preacher? Do you understand that he is the author and the finisher of your faith? And so he's working. He's the potter. You're the clay. And he's working. And he's got an end product. He's got an expected end. The only thing is, whose plans are you living out? Yours or his? There's some place, if you want to go back to the rope, where you've got to take the rope and you've got to put it in his hand and say, Lord... You got to start, help, help me to get these knots out. Remember what mama did when we were little kids? I don't know if you do, but my shoestring would get all tied up in the knot and that little thing, it'd, get, it'd be like a, like a rock. I mean, I'd try, I'd say, mama! Mama can solve a lot of problems. Come on, mamas. Come on, mamas. Thank you. And what would mama do? Y'all know. What would she do? She would go to the kitchen and get a fork. Mama, I'm not hungry. My shoes needs and I got a knot in my shoestring. Mama, get that fork. And you know what she'd do, don't you? She'd get the one side of that little fork, right? And she'd get one of those little loops and she'd start picking at that loop, right? And she'd keep picking. Now, I did tie this too tight. She'd start picking until what happened? Finally, she got it loose and she pulled it through. And then what that did, the fact that she got one loose meant that it loosened up the knot a little bit. Now there's another and she'd reach down and she'd find that loop and she'd keep working on it until she'd pull it through. See, she was undoing the mess that I made. Child of God, hear what the messenger says to you today. He wants to undo the mess that you've made. But he can't start doing it until you choose to let him undo what was done. He can straighten out a crooked place. He can even lower mountains. He can raise valleys. He can make crooked places straight. I need some help. He can make water flow into desert places. He can even part waters so that you can walk across on dry land. My God is able. All right. Y'all right? Y'all still out there? So here is my mission. And notice what God appoints me to do as I stand before you today. Ezekiel 44, 23. Now he speaks of priest, but understand priest in the Old Testament because we had not seen the fullness of the fivefold ministry. The priests really were the pastors. Even in America, you know, we don't even talk about the fivefold ministry. Um, we just call them pastors. Well, not everybody's a pastor. 
There are some apostles, there's some prophets, there's evangelists, and there's teachers, and there's pastors. But in America, we just pretty much say minister or reverend or pastor. So in other words, the spiritual voice that God appoints to speak for him, here is my assignment before you today. Now look what he says. Pastors are to teach my people the difference there between holy and the common and to show them how to distinguish between clean and unclean. Beloved, do you see what my assignment is for us? Is I can't just get up here and, and try to be cute and trivial and just try to give you, okay, I, I saw something on TV and I thought I'd give you my opinion this morning. No, you didn't come to church. You came to hear God's word. And do you understand God's word? It says it's a double-edged sword. It pierces the dividing what? Of the, of the sword and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. So... That, that we can discern, it discerns. Do you see, it distinguishes our thoughts. It goes into our heart and says, I see your motives, I see your intentions. It said that a man who's well studied in the word of God rightly divides. It says that when you're living on solid food that you exercise your senses so that you can discern good from evil. In other words, now because you're mature, because now you can stand and see which tree is bad and which tree is good. Why? Because you have got the word that divides asunder. It separates. It distinguishes. It helps resolve the difference between where you are and where you are called to be. Now look at this graphic. Thank you for your help out there. Oh, I'm needing, I'm needing help, Lord, to get this because I'm preaching to myself. I call it the will of resolve because remember the potter's will? I'm going to bring it back to you. And I want you to look at it because... What I have seen here is that, I don't know what happened to my little pointer. I had my little little pointer here somewhere. It's probably about, yeah, there we go. Can y'all see it up there? Do y'all notice a little something about it? See, we said here, uh, let me come over here. and Y'all can look over here, right? And then I'll come back over there. Right there, God wants to come, listen, listen, listen. What he's working in right now is he's, he's coming to bring order in your private world that is in disorder. Do you see that? Now you know where you are. Come on now. That's why I'm just being up front with you. I'm going to be the first person to say, God, today I choose. But he's saying, you know, Bill, there's some things that are not in alignment in your life, in your private world, and it's creating problems in your present reality. I'm wanting to get things, your circumstances, look at me. See, some of you are waiting for your circumstances to change but your circumstances aren't going to change until you change first. I love you. Don't shoot me. Well, if my, my, my circumstances will change if it were, if it, it's the old lady, God. What? It's the old man. Huh? Well, if it's, it's that boss. Sometimes God allows circumstances to force you to change. You want to know why? Can I speak the truth in love to you? Is it okay if I just bring it straight to you? Because some of y'all are stubborn-headed. Amen. Some of y'all are thick-headed. Don't, don't shout me down now. And God knows your thick skull. He can't get through it. 
And so he has to say, you know what? Whom the Lord loveth. <laughs> Tell him about it, Bill. Tell him about the love of God. Ready? He's going to whoop your rear end. If he doesn't, you're not his child. That's what it says. So why, why are you spanking me, God? Because you belong, you're my child and my children don't act like you're acting. So I need to get your private world in order and I need to get your present reality. Watch this now to where your real, my reality, says the Lord, becomes your reality. Because there's the world, remember what we said, what they said, the neurotransmitters, the, there's neural pathways, your brain literally maps itself that whatever, if you sit and, and look at Facebook, if you look at pornography, if you look at Twitter, if you look at Wheel of Fortune, I mean, I don't know, whatever you fix your mind on, that becomes your reality in your brain. So why do you think the Lord said, fix your eyes on Jesus? Because when you fix your inner world on him, your inner world starts taking on a present reality. And God says, I've got a reality for you, but you've got to get into my world so you'll know what my reality is. Come on, somebody, that's good preaching. And, and I, I'm not taking the credit because this is all Holy Ghost. Lord, getting, getting his, Lord, speak to me so that I can, I need this message, Lord. And I'm going to tell you what, if nobody else responds to this altar call, I already know one person is going to be up here. Because I need to change. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you. And yes, and you do too. Don't you look at me with that holier than thou. You know that there's some, in other words, what I'm saying is there's some areas for you to work on, or excuse me, areas for him to work on. In other words, is there an area that can be improved? Can you do better? So you just selected. Because you know what the word says? Again, my, my position I've got to teach you this. Hey, look at this. Many are called. So why are the ones chosen if so many are called? Why? Because you choose. I'm not going to point at you with my... It's dangerous. That thing, get that thing out of his hand. He's going to shoot somebody. Many are called, few are chosen. So what makes him select one over the other? Because the one chosen chose to be chose. I will, Bones. I received the encouragement from the back. You got to chose to be chosen. You got to—is that the, got to choose to be chosen? I still received the help from the back. <laughs> Little preacher needs a lot of help. Y'all, you know what the Lord is? Here's what that looks like. Anybody remember backyard pickup basketball or football? You said, and and. And Bobby Joe and Bubba are going to pick teams, right? Huh? And, and, and Bobby Joe, is that what I said, or Billy Joe? Anyway, I can't remember what I just said. All right, and so they get up and they say, we got Larry. Ah, we got Larry. You know. Well, I, Roger. I, I, Roger. And what are they doing? They're choosing, right? There's a God in heaven looking down into the place right now. He says, I've called many. But I've only called. Many are called, few are chosen. And here's how he chooses is when you step up before the cross and say, Lord, I choose to be chosen. I elect to be elected. If you're if you're looking for people to sign up, here I am, Lord. In fact, let me just go ahead and say this, Lord. Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, coach. 
Y'all aren't hearing me out there. What he's looking to somebody to say, Lord, I know that I may not be all that I'm supposed to be. I know that I may not have it all together, but Lord, I'm going to put my life in your hands. I'm going to put myself on the wheel. And Lord, if you can take me, I'm willing. God goes, good, I choose you. Now, I, I, I wish we could have done this. I asked, can you see right there that it says man? The, the, the lights kind of make this fade out. The, the one side of this deals with the here and now. This is what you can affect right now. The most powerful thing that you can do right now is choose. When God created you, he put in you the mechanism of volition. That's the most powerful thing. That's, that's made in his image and likeness. No other creature, except for probably angels, not on earth, animals have no will. All they do is by instinct. They can choose, but it's not because of will. It's by instinct. We have the power to choose. And God says, in this, whatever you choose is what you become like. He says, so when, when he gives us the, 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 the here and now affects the then and there. Trick question. You didn't know. Trick, quest, trick question. On, this is a quiz right at the end of the message here today, and then we're going to look at the little picture here. And it's coming off again. And you don't really have to shout it out. It's okay. You got four quadrants. I wanted to make one side one color and one the other, but we couldn't figure out how to do that. So just know that this is the here and now, and that's the there and then. The here and now is affecting the there and then because this is the future hope or the future possibility that's inside of you. Who, who knows that? Who knows, what you're, who, who knows what you're capable of? Do you? Do you know what you're capable of? The answer is no, you don't. Does anybody around you know what you're capable of? So who should you go and ask? The one who both formed you in the womb, who knows all of your days and knows where you're going to be in eternity. He's the one who knows what your future potential is. And so guess what he's doing? The future worker is working as an ever-present help to make you what he's called you to be, if you'll say yes, if you'll choose him. But notice the last part of that. Can y'all see what it says there? Eternal destiny. All right, here's the trick question. Ready? Which of those four is more important than the other three? Can somebody give me the Jeopardy music? Bum, ba-da-da-dum. Dun, dun. Which one? I believe Jesus was the one that said it. He said, do not lay your treasures up on earth, but lay your treasures up in heaven. Everything you're doing right now is affecting your entrance into heaven. So how important is it is for us to say, choose this day whom you will serve. Because it's now, hey, 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 it's no longer about judgment. Now understand, he'll spank you. You get out of line. I mean, he, I, I have found, anybody, 
if I can get a witness, I have found that if I get out of his will, if I go to compromise, I have found that he spanks me all the way back home. Come on, we don't do that anymore. I remember when I was a little kid, you know, I was a little mischievous. I know you can't believe that. But I was a little mischievous. I'd go out and get trouble. And, you know, it was back then. Somehow the word would spread throughout the entire town. As you know, he broke a window. You know, he hit the baseball and he broke a window in, in the neighbor's house. And it would spread all the way down the street. And, and Miss Bracken would come out as I'm walking back home. I don't know You better get home. Your mama's waiting on you. And even if I go by the restaurant, you know, somebody, yeah, we heard what you did. Your daddy's going to get you when he gets home. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm in deep trouble. And you got to understand, if you choose to, to do something else with your own will, God says, if you belong to him, he says, I, I'm going to, well, I'm going to get your attention. But if if you, if you choose me, he said, it's all going to get better and better. Can I get a witness? Now, y'all clear your hands out. Free up your hands because worship team, y'all come on up. Um, I don't know, worship team, you'll just, if you 